0: Hello and welcome to episode. What are we on? Episode four? Episode five? This?
1: Yes. Welcome, Dreadfuls. I
0: was gonna say it doesn't bode well if I can't count, but that's fine. Welcome to another episode of Left for Dread.
1: Right, right. I have a question: Are your doors and windows locked right now? Always. Always. Okay, you're good. (laughs) Okay, you're prepared. (laughs) I am totally prepared
0: for this episode. We are talking about home invasion movies. More specifically, we're talking about Hush and Your Next.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh so Ryan came up with the selections for this episode, and we were just talking about it uh, just a, uh, a, f- a few minutes before we started recording, and we are in agreement. At least for me, I'm like <laughs> really, I'm really, really excited for this episode because by far this is like the our, our most, or my most favorite movies we've watched, and. Um, yes, I, I'm incredibly excited to talk about these two movies. Yay! Okay, so yeah. how about which one do you want to start with? Hush or your Next? Oh, that's so that's so tough. Okay, you know what? I since I since I watched Hush more recently. Wanna do Hush first? Um, yes, let's do Hush okay. first. Um, so the plot premise for Hush um which was uh written and produced uh, released in 2016 uh, directed and edited by Mike Flanagan and it was also co-written by Kate Siegel, his wife and she's the main actress as well um, so the main premise is uh, Kate Siegel plays Madison or Maddie Young and she's a death author uh, she lost her ability to hear and speak due to meningitis when she was like 13 years old and then through... Or due to a botched surgery... Um, she permanently lost those faculties. Uh, but she, she became a pretty successful writer. And we find ourselves at the beginning of the movie... Where she's living in a secluded home, cabin... Uh, somewhat in the middle of the woods... Uh, working on her next book. Um, and while this happens a stalker hunter creepy dude happens upon a property and they begin this really epic cat and mouse home invasion um movie sequence um and it's about her and the the guy uh playing physical and mind games to see which one survives um i incredibly enjoyed this um it's to me, like there's, I mean, there's a huge list of home invasion movies, and I felt like this one really, really gave the genre a nice fresh twist, a really co- fresh coat of paint. I felt like it really established strong characters, especially, especially Maddie. I, I love Maddie. She was, she's amazing, and I really felt this movie subverted a lot of. Uh, or subverted and, like, improved and, um, I guess, en- enhanced a lot of horror movie tropes you see, especially with Home Invasion movies. Um, but that's the longest short of it. Uh, Ryan, um, what are your thoughts in the movie, or initial thoughts in the movie? So, full
0: disclosure, this was my second time seeing Hush. Uh, the first time I saw it, I was very intrigued by it because I didn't... Uh, I tried really hard not to read anything about it. And... I liked it just as much as I did the first time, but but watching it the second time, I did kind of have a Debbie Downer moment. Um, I didn't realize, I don't know why I didn't realize this the first time, but I didn't realize it until the second viewing that the actress who's playing her isn't actually deaf. And I guess I'm a little spoiled because after having seen A Quiet Place, I just kept thinking like, wow, you could have really... Like really gone there with a, like an actual deaf actress. Um,
1: I, I get that. I get that. You know, you know, diversity representation really matters. But I felt like I think one of the one of the things that I really was impressed with. I think this movie really um, portrayed um, deaf people in a brand new and I think ultimately positive way. Like it showed them as like completely capable and and uh resource resourceful people oh uh, and, no absolutely yeah absolutely and I think and, and like and and you know a lot of the movie they they were signing and um I thought that was a really cool thing because I don't think you see that a lot in movies um so I think yes there there are degrees of of diversity uh casting and production notes uh, production um I guess steps in evolution you can take, but I think overall this this was a huge leap for to represent that that part of the population.
0: Oh no, absolutely! Uh, this movie did phenomenal things, and the only reason why I saw it outside of the um, the show the first time was uh, my fiance does not like horror movies at all, and I have been trying to be, like, selective about the things that i show him because I'm trying to, like, ease him into everything and I saw... Whittle
1: whittle his defenses down. Right.
0: Exactly. So, when I saw this, I was like, well, I haven't seen this either, so let's both watch it. Uh, He did not enjoy it as much as I did. That being said, I think one of my favorite parts of this movie... Well, I had a few, but... The way this movie starts, you just watch a woman cooking dinner, and you're hearing all of these things that uh you kind of take for granted in everyday life, like when you can hear.
1: Yeah, like so, the beginning sequence it's it's very much like a Edgar Wright sort of shot sequence, where it's like very like like lots of lots of snap cuts, lots of intense close ups on like food ingredients. And lots of like really dynamic, popping, chopping garlic, that versus yeah. you like, like like the chopping, chopping garlic and like the, the sizzling on the on the pan, and uh, then it pan the the camera pans out, and then it pans back in, and then there's this in between those two movements, uh, you hear like this weird like buzzing siren noise like and then tinnitus get, yeah then you get to hear what maddie hears which is nothing and she, and they go through that sequence again where she's through, she's preparing all the food but it's in, it's in complete silence it's like wow that's that's really that's a really uh effective way of transitioning into getting to getting to see and hear and perceive how maddie perceives i i thought that was really effective filmmaking It was, it was incredibly, it was, yeah, absolutely.
0: It was incredibly powerful to watch because, uh, again, like I said, it was just, it's those little things that you sort of like take for granted because we, we can hear and it, there are so many, and I found myself like, dear, over the course of the movie that there are choices that Maddie makes where you're rooting for her. But the second time around, I found myself yelling because yelling at her because I was like, oh, you're making so much noise and you don't really understand wh- like that you're making that much noise because you can't hear. And not that yeah. that, it, it's, it, may, it, it wasn't a detriment to the movie at all. It sort of heightened all of that tension that's created by the fact that He's taunting her this entire time, which and,
1: and she's at a disadvantage. Exactly. Like she, well, yeah.
0: I would say she's at a disadvantage in that respect, but she has a huge advantage, which is her brain. Um, yeah.
1: Well, yes. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll get to it, but like, yes. She, like, she can't hear, and at the beginning of the movie, like the guy has like all the weapons, and um, but. No, this is not to say that she like again. This is not to say she's completely helpless. So, like she becomes super capable, she becomes super adaptable. She becomes like a a true survivor and, and strategist. And uh, by the end of the film, she turns her her deafness into an asset to like overcome the the attacker, which is a huge plot point in the third act. Um, but yes, uh, anyway. So getting into it,
0: uh, we start the movie with maddie making dinner just for herself she's having a night in she's going to finish her book that she's working on and she's a friend that comes over and named sarah named sarah and they actually make a joke about starting a fire and then there almost was one and you get to see how maddie sort of lives with everything her fire alarm isn't a normal fire alarm it's uh It's extraordinarily loud and it leaves off a bright white pulsing light because it has to be loud enough for the vibrations to wake her up because she can't hear, Um, which you watch her disable that and put it down. And even the first time I was like, I'm waiting for that. You know, foreshadowing. Yeah, I was like, I'm waiting for that to come back because that's that was that important that they had to show you all of that. And then the night goes on and, uh, you see Maddie cleaning up her dishes and her neighbor Sarah from earlier in the movie slams against the door and she's screaming and she's bloody and she, you see the attacker with that beautifully creepy mask that I want for my wall, by the way um as creepy as that sounds i don't care i have a chucky doll on
1: my desk ryan wants a wall a wall trophy i mean like (laughs) i i
0: well yes like that being said i have a chucky doll on my desk like i i want the mask um but you watch sarah get stabbed over and over and over again and then she she dies on the door maddie does not notice anything
1: yeah all the while maddie's like walking back and forth like not not completely
0: oblivious I mean, I
1: I real I love that part of the tension and like, oh no, Maddie! But at the same time, it's like, I mean, you also have peripheral vision, so I don't. I mean, well, but, okay. I mean, okay. it's it's it, you can it could go it could swing both ways. But I bought into it. But I was like, under, I was like, huh? I wonder. I wonder. I mean, I know she's like busy focusing on getting her dishes and like she's walking back and forth and she has other things in her mind, but like. I don't know. I felt like with how much Sarah is flailing, like you would think your eye would like catch it in your peripherals, but I don't know. I mean,
0: well, as someone that... who has peripheral vision and only one eye, I can tell you that that's not always the case. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, uh this this is personal story for a second. Without glasses on, and I don't wear contacts. I have something called monovision, so I only have peripheral vision in one eye. So, uh On my right side, I have no peripheral vision. So someone, and my fiancé loves to do this all the time, he likes to stick his hand right where he knows I can't see it and wiggle his fingers. And I know he's doing it, but I can't see it. Mm. Unless I'm wearing glasses or contacts. Okay. So like as we're sitting here in my peripheral on my left side I can see our neighbors across the alley doing whatever the hell they're <laughs> doing in their kitchen mm-hmm. but on the right side I know everything's there but I can't see anything mm-hmm. so I can kind of understand that like like why she wouldn't really see it
1: <laughs> yeah I not I know it's, a, it's that's going to like super nitpicky details yeah yeah Okay, I mean it's it's, good. it's food for thought, but like I I still really bought it, and like I thought the film did it so well. It just it just it just immediately uh, informed the viewer of like the stakes and like oh shit and like uh, it just it just it just starts purpling questions. Oh no, what what is he gonna do? Is he and it just it just sets the ground running and oh it's so good. Um, I think my
0: favorite part of all of that of that like section. Was when he's done, he stands there and he takes the knife that he just butchered her neighbor with and
1: starts tapping. Well, on yeah, the glass. he taps with the knife and then like he's he like first he like he taps with his finger and he starts rapping on the on the window and then he's just like oh and then and then he and then he just turns around, drags uh, Sarah away. And it's like oh, it was right. But on top of all of that, also.
0: He lets himself in like, I'm sorry. I don't care like who you are. If I live in a house all by myself, all all these doors are being locked all the time. I don't care. Like I need to be able to let my neighbor in, especially when it looks like there's a little bit of a distance between the two houses. Because in that text message that she had sent to her, there was there was definite time between the last one where she was like, I'm coming over and her actually arriving. There's obviously enough distance. You are completely isolated out there. And there's like a whole theme of isolation on this between um, her writing and her deafness and the way she lives her life. Uh, And it's strung together beautifully throughout the whole movie. But real life note, like lock your doors. (laughs) <laughs> I just I would not I, like yeah,
1: yeah. I I I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. Um, like she the the whole Sarah coming towards the house happens. He, he she then he, the killer drags her off, and then she starts having a like a FaceTime or Skype conversation with her little sister, and that's when he sneaks in and steals her phone.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's like okay, Maddie. Yeah, please just common sense. Lock your doors. Yeah.
0: Lock your doors. Just just yeah. lock them. Uh I she does make Maddie does make a lot of like really super intelligent choices mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. movie. Um af- Ooh, that was weird. Is it people yelling? Mm-hmm. Um After Oh, I lost my train of thought. God damn it. Oh, got it. Um after she realizes that she's being uh, stalked by this yeah, guy. Yeah, the guy steals she her phone takes... and
1: then he starts taking photos of her, walk around the house and texts it to her.
0: Yeah. Uh, she takes a lipstick out of her bag and writes on the window, won't tell anyone haven't seen your face, boyfriend coming home. And I was like, "That's that's a really smart move for the mask bit and the boyfriend coming home part uh unfortunately this guy is a very smart sociopath because he takes one look at the message and takes his mask off and says well now you've seen my yeah. face and he he
1: also and he was also listening in on the on the conversation like he knows uh from the conversation with the sister like oh yeah you you live all alone like i you don't have a boyfriend and
0: yeah that was that was very very like unnerving to listen to him repeat back the entire conversation about her being alone like verbatim and then he really starts to fuck with her and that's when this movie just implodes with everything
1: yeah um i mean going on to that point like um i mean the hunter side like the hunter makes many mistakes but that's because he's really psychopathic and sociopathic and He's just, he's just in it for the kills and thrills. But all in all, like the even to the even the hunter, they're all pretty sensible and smart, intelligent people who make pretty rational uh modes of decision making. Like so you have Maddie, uh, who like the like her getting the lipstick or um her Distracting him with the car alarm, so she can try to get to Sarah's body and get her phone that she thought she still had in her back pocket, or or uh, Sarah's boyfriend, uh, who unlike, I feel like unlike a lot of movies, like this guy like put a lot of two and two together and was really suspicious of the hunter, and it was just just by unfortunate circumstance on Maddie's part that he get he gets killed, and even even the hunter, the hunter like he. Um, he he impersonates a cop and he, he's doing like, he's immolating behaviors and things a cop would ask uh, that would seem convincing and so there's this running theme like these characters are very um, capable and sensible um, and they're not just rote, typical horror trope, stupidity type of rationales and I really enjoyed that I, re- I thought it was really refreshing to see that in this movie
0: well, this this whole movie is filled with things that I felt were super refreshing—not just to movies, but horror movies in general. They it did a lot of really like intelligent, smart things with this movie, so it made me so happy. The and again, like I only got nitpicky the second time because I was very spoiled and watched it already once. I think this is Chris. Chris, this is your first time watching. This Soul is my TVs. first time.
1: Yes. Yes. Right.
0: So, for me, I had already seen Hush, but it was different enough that I was like, yeah, okay. I would love to, like, pit this up against another home invasion movie and see how it adds up. So, I really... I was really impressed and almost mad with a lot of the decisions that this movie made. Like, when you get to the end, I thought... It was gonna go one way and it didn't, and I remember being extraordinarily relieved and happy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wait, was it the this the part where she's imagining scenarios and she makes a run for it and then she she gets her face bashed in and then you realize she's just going through all the scenarios in her own in her own head. It's like, no, I I can't run and I right. shouldn't hide because I'm bleeding out. So the only thing that he wouldn't expect is I have to fight back. It's like, oh, okay, yeah,
0: y- yeah. She just it. It really, it it takes you to a different place. And I just, I really thoroughly enjoyed everything that this movie did completely.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of space, I love, I love, I mean, I guess this, I think this is a given with most home invasion movies, but like, I really loved how the space is structured around the character. Uh, and it makes sense. Like, so with, with Maddie's house, uh, she gets a lot of her intel and a lot of her ideas and a lot of her um, means of of like trying to make a, a battle plan by trying to figure out where the hunter is at all times. And you see from her home, it is decked to the nines with windows, and that would, that make uh, for this movie for this character. It makes a lot of sense since she's deaf, um, you know you would think it it makes sense for her to have a house with lots of natural light. So like windows in every single room and, um, and she uses that to her advantage. Um, And I really, I really thought that was a smart set piece. Um, So props to the, to the design team on that.
0: There were a lot of really like cool and interesting things that they did with this. I think that, Before I really understood that we were going to go down different routes as to how everything could turn out, I thought that at that moment, that was the moment they were going to take us back to the beginning and realize that she wasn't going to let the whole movie happen. And I think that's where I got really uptight the first time I saw it. But then when I realized it was only up until that point, I was like, oh, okay. So we're not going to go all the way back. It's just figuring out this last quote-unquote ending which I should have seen coming because she had seven different endings for her book because she, she couldn't figure out how to end it yet so it's it's this thing of uh, having her uh, quote-unquote writer brain that's what her mom calls how she sees everything uh, be a constant in this whole movie and I saw that that was also a really awesome way to go about it
1: yeah the, that ability to like imagine different scenarios and perspectives, and um, the ability to critically create logical conclusions. I like and like the the literal like, the writer's brain. Like, there's this one really powerful scene where like she's um, Sarah's boyfriend just got killed, and that was her last hope at least from the outside and she's trying to weigh her options and then the, her inner voice comes out of the darkness uh because at this point um sarah got shot in the leg with a crossbow and she's super exhausted her vision's fading like she's starting she's starting to see black because she's, she's losing so much blood and out of the blackness like uh, another maddie comes out and starts talking to her and they have this inner dialogue and it's like that's really cool and 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 like it's like this really interesting argument between the two it's like yes you can do this but no you're not you're going to die um so i really enjoyed that interplay uh it's a self-contained story and um i it it definitely earned the ending and i just again i i i'm a huge fan of like Strong female protagonist, which is also uh, why I will right, we'll get to it. I really enjoyed your next, but despite all increasing odds, despite you know being deaf, despite being despite being a female who's like physically um, smaller and uh, and physically weaker, at least uh, because of the hunter's size and and uh, she like. She turns it all around using like like both mental and physical jujitsu, um, and yeah, it's so good. Like like um, like in the climax of the scene, like she prays, she turns the ego of uh the hunter against him because uh, all this while throughout the night uh, he's been taunting her, and he he could like technically try to break in anytime but he wants to torture her. Um, but she taunts him in the end, knowing that she still has the home advantage because she knows the inner workings of her house the best. Um, and she's also really in tune with her senses. So, like in the final one of the final cl- um climaxes, like she's hiding in a bathroom, and the hunter, uh, he's, he's he first he's, he tries breaking in through the front window but I guess it's made out of, like, super reinforced glass. So he breaks in into the bathroom via the skylight and, um, Maddie, uh, is, she has a knife, she's facing the door, but she realizes she's behind him because she could could feel the breath on her neck. So she dodges out of the way, like, stabs him in the knee, and like, oh, man, it's so awesome. Um, and I just, I thought, I, I I love Maddie, I love her actress, um, I really thought it's like yeah, yes. Um, I thought she's. I think in, ter- in the show's canon, she's by far like my favorite final girl so far. Because like I, she really, she she like n- not only that she earns it, but she really evolves as a character and she becomes she over she she like sublimates her weaknesses and turns them to strengths and like she becomes a like, total badass. It's like I love it so.
0: I think the other unnerving thing that I really like about this movie is that he never explains why he's doing any of this
1: no yeah he's just he' just he's just a sociopath,
0: and I think that the the nature of people like that is what I find truly sort of terrifying in a in a real world scenario uh when people have no i wouldn't even i wouldn't even know if i would call psychosis a motive because that's something that's not really something you can control uh so i like to call it the just because um sort of excuse Uh, he was doing it literally because he could Uh, because like I said, I don't consider psychosis an excuse, uh, or a motive. Whereas in comparison to some of the other home invasion movies that are out there and the one that we're going to talk about after this, there was a very clearly defined motive. This didn't have that. So that makes it worse. I think it makes it more unnerving that he just has no real, uh, thought behind it. He's just doing it because he's, he can
1: Yeah, and Maddie and Maddie tried to appeal to that uh, nature. Like it's like oh, it's like okay, we're trying to rationalize with him and trying to like the lipstick stuff, Um, but he that didn't work because he's just he just wants to do he just wants to do it just because and and when you have someone that committed, you know, you can only go so far to try to dissuade them. There
0: is that is a common um, tactic in certain kidnapping situations there are people who will tell you like if you're in a kidnapped or hostage situation they tell you that sometimes and again you have to pick your moments you just have to be really smart i am not a professional by the way like don't take don't take my word as gospel like do your homework but there is a method that they su- that is suggested when you get to a certain point where you try to humanize yourself or the person so that whatever they're doing they stop or it's not as bad you try to humanize them
1: yeah you you, you well you try to make them second guess themselves it's like oh, uh, i mean cuz like well i i think of it like um you know that, that 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 plot device they use a lot or they use uh to good effect in signs of the lambs where the governor's daughter was kidnapped and there was a press report from the governor, she was saying she was, also, she was using the pronouns of like her a lot and showing photos of her throughout the other's life and, and the two FBI agents were uh, remarking that's really smart because when you do that, a serial killer or a psychopath or a sociopath won't view the victim as an object but rather as somebody.
0: Exactly. It turns them into a person. Um, There was actually, I can't remember which case it was, but there is a case of a woman who was abducted who got so close, who convinced her abductor that they were so close and she was so interested in him that she gained his trust enough to let her leave to like run an errand or something and then call the cops. So it's situations like that. So it's, yeah, it's this idea of trying to humanize the other person or, like, make them a person. And I think that that was a really intelligent thing that she tried to do, but this guy just wasn't having any of it. So you really liked this movie.
1: I really, I, like, okay, so when we, I'm not, uh, I'm kind of apprehensive of of the the final rating because, like, I really don't know which one I enjoy more because i really really both i really enjoyed both of these films so um i guess that's a good segue to get into the next movie
0: so full disclosure i picked this movie because i had heard so much about it and every other podcast i listen to i always skip the episode where they talk about it because i hadn't seen it
1: ever yeah i mean that's not it's it's i mean this is my first time watching it but it has a huge cult following um
0: yeah it does and i can see why i get it i was texting chris when i was watching
1: this <laughs> yes it was it was a very <laughs> animated passionate text convo and we were, I, I got so hyped and i uh i was watching this right, i finished well i finished your next um i i got back from work so i started at like like 11:30 and then i started the um, I started hush around like two AM. So uh but I I was I was both riveted and wide awake for both movies. Like they were just so well done and um Your Next is your Next has some really, really unique flavors. Like it's um it's a like a another horror uh black comedy type of film. Like it's it's very gruesome and very funny and I loved it. So
0: This was okay, so I just pulled up the text conversation that I had with Chris during all of this, and I'm really tempted to post it to our Twitter and Instagram. You should, we, should. We, have,
1: we have Instagram. We should post in our Twitter. So. Be,
0: because it was I was very, very excited. I think one of the first things I said to him was, I've never seen it, but it's gonna be a bu- a bloodbath. Two out of four two out of four kills so <laughs> far are awesome. Yes, because yes. That's And then I made a comment. I realized I am a little bit of a purist sometimes. So now I get to explain that comment. So the way this movie opens, those were the two kills that like didn't live up for me and I was just uh. like, "Oh, really?" And where I meant a little bit of a purist is the quality of the blood that was on the window was just I yeah. was like, "You could do better than that. What is that shit?" That was my only problem. <laughs>
1: So at the be- at the very, very beginning of the film, you had a couple having sex and then the guy goes into the shower and the girl makes herself a drink. <clears throat> and they make a specific thing of of the lady popping in a CD and it's on repeat. Um and then Creepy, or and then like the the porch light, the the sensor porch lights go on, and you had that classic horror movie uh, shot where like she peers out and she she's nothing, and then later the um, one of the killers comes out like this guy in this creepy animal mask, um, and she gets she gets bladed up with a machete, um, and then the the, the guy comes out of the shower and sees her dead and your necks just splattered on the outside of the window. Which, I... I that... The, that instance of, like, your necks being splattered on a surface took me out of it, because I... Uh, uh, yes, uh, the movie's, like, it's comedic and campy, but, like, I get this. is I got nitpickies, like... In that amount of time, there's no way you could have, like, dragged the body out and then, like, written <laughs> that large of a text in, in, like, at the span of, like, 20 seconds. I I don't know. I mean, it's movie time. So maybe a lot more time passed by than actually did on screen. So maybe he took, like, a 30 minute shower. I don't know. But uh, I thought it was just, I thought it was just, but I don't know. I roll with it because it, it really it already established the, the weird, bloody, campy tone of the movie.
0: Yeah. But you know what? That part didn't bother me as badly as the consistency of the blood did. I was like, I remember saying to myself, I was like, if the blood looks like that this whole movie, I won't be able to deal with it. And it does get better (laughs) in my eyes. But I guess I've just been spoiled because I expect stuff like that from really older, like older horror movies where everything wasn't as great of a quality, (laughs) but it's sort of why you love them. And I was like, this this movie cannot be like this the whole time. That being said, I did point out to Chris while I was watching this movie. I said, time out. Adam Wingard directed this movie.
1: Yeah. So let, let's backtrack a little bit. So Your Next was uh, directed and produced and released in 2011. It was directed by Adam Wingard, um, who by now is pretty well known for his cult horror movie uh productions uh written by simon barrett and starring um is, uh, psh, psh, starring West Sharni- is in it. yeah yeah uh charny vincent as aaron she's she's one of the main female protagonists and she's the final girl and she's amazing and i love her um you have uh who's i mean i think most of these are like I I don't know. Do you know any of these other actors? Like uh, you have um, Crispin Davison, who's Aaron's boyfriend, um, and then you have um, Wendy Glenn, as Z, So one of the one of the crazy people uh, that we we later found in the movie.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you. The only one that I really recognized was Ty West. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize anybody else, but. Where is that fun? fact? I just had a fun fact for you.
1: Yeah, Ty West plays uh, Tariq. Uh, he's also he's the
0: first. He's the first. He, well, apart from the two in the house, he's the first one to die. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's what it was. The movie screenwriter. Uh huh. Was the guy in the tiger mask?
1: Oh, really? Nice. That's mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, I I in general, like I thought I really enjoyed the cast. Um. I really enjoyed, in particular, uh, I don't remember her name, but she was one of the she was one of the the sisters, um, and I. Oh,
0: her! De- okay, okay, her death scene was one of the best.
1: Yeah, like she, I just. Is that the mother? Oh yeah, she, uh, this one's uh Barbara Crampton who plays Aubrey, Are you and sure? I love. No, that's not the mother. Uh she's the she's the one who No, that's the mother. No, the mother's played by Oh wait, not nom
0: The sister is Amy. Oh, yeah. okay,
1: okay. I'm sorry. The mother, yes. The mother is Aubrey, but Amy Simmons or Amy, Amy, yes, Amy, yes. Um Uh I like I like I really liked Amy and what's her name Kelly I think Kelly was the the other she was she was the girlfriend of 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 Drake yeah so there there was
0: there were three girlfriends and a sister so there were a, I think there was Erin there was Z there was Kelly and Amy was the sister
1: yeah, I really like Amy and Kelly because their performances were just so over the top. Like, yeah. And like, it's just it, it like Amy and Kelly were super, or especially Kelly. Kelly was super hysterical and that's how she gets herself killed. Um,
0: so <laughs> like I said before, the sister's kill was my favorite because it's one of those things where, okay, so.
1: Yes. Oh my God.
0: They're all trying to decide what to do. And Erin is like, no, everybody has to stay inside. We can deal with everything from here. And she's like oddly calm with everything. So I was thinking to myself, well, she has to be in on it for her to be this like oddly calm, which is what I, which was my original thought. I was like, she's in on this, has to be. So the sister decides to be really brave. And she's like, I'm gonna go outside. They're not going to see me coming if I take a running start. The logic behind that being completely flawed, because it doesn't matter if you're running. If you're leaving the house, you're still going to die.
1: Yeah, you're still exposed.
0: Exactly. So she takes a running shot out the door, and I'm sitting there going, oh my god, this is where she gets shot. She's going to get shot. She's going to get shot.
1: No. Oh, no. It, it's so much better.
0: It's Exactly. It's so much better than that. She runs and she slams into something and all of a sudden her throat's cut and no one understands what happens.
1: It's a it's a line of piano wire. It's ah. Oh. Yep. Yeah. It's so that that's he like that, that's one of the huge pluses.
0: It was one of my favorites. One of my favorites.
1: That's again, I in complete agreement with Ryan. Like one of the great the biggest things that's so great about this film is one like this the bombastic grisly kills and like the amazing practical effects. Like, like Amy just full on runs to this piano wire and then she gasps and she's on their black and like her entire throats opened up and it, Oh, it's so good. It's so messed up. I love it. Um, it's just, just to backtrack before, just before that scene. So, um, there's this family get together happening. Um, Similar to Hush, this family has like a, well, well, I guess the dad, the, ba- the dad bought this home, this getaway home in the middle of the woods, and there's only they only have one neighbor, which is which we saw in the beginning of the film, uh, so it's somewhat secluded, and you have this giant family get together um, to celebrate the parents' wedding anniversary, and it becomes this. Awkward but funny family dramedy that descends to hell into a home invasion movie. Um, so right before, um, Amy gets her throat sliced. Uh, they're just having uh, a dinner party. Uh, which gets to gets really awkward really quickly because uh the brothers are ha- are getting into an argument and Ty West, who's the first one to get killed uh he sees something in the distance and says like oh what the fuck so he, he he stands up goes to the goes to the window and a crossbow bolt f- flies through oh, it shoots him in the head and it's really it's great and it's great because like he's it takes like a couple of minutes for him to die and he's still standing up and no one realizes immediately what just happened so it just it's pinned to each person's face and then um they turn to tie and he's like he's, like, kind of convulsing, and he, and he, then he turns around, and you see, like, the the full bolt in his head, and he drops over, and then you see more bolts skewer into the room, and it's, like, it becomes like this really off-the-wall, a high-octane action scene where, like, um, arrows are popping through the windows, and, and, like, Kelly and Amy are so hysterical, and then we then we start to see how much of a badass Aaron is, because she's, she's taking charge, and um faring the people out
0: right and the degree at which she takes control so well and so smoothly which is why i thought she was in on it at first i really did but i'm happy i was very 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 wrong so we've talked about there are 15 total kills in this movie there's a 15 person body count so we have four already
1: yeah, it's it the, the bodies pile quick. Um I know, it's this, so great. It's great. I mean it's a it's a huge family get together and then you have the assailants, so you guys, have, it's a I
0: family think, movie.
1: It's a family movie. It's a family movie. Uh just like Deadpool two. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um Uh and yeah, even even the assailants are family. Um I think all well, I think some of them or all of them are brothers. No, they're Two of them are at least brothers. I know that.
0: I think two of them are, like, actual brothers, and then I think all three of them, I think, s- serve together or something like that. I don't know if he was yeah. being a cheeky asshole when he said that or if that was, like, meant to be real. But, yeah.
1: It was, like, the guy th- the guy in the tiger mask and then the guy in the sheep
0: mask, I think, were brothers. It's a lamb, a tiger, and a fox.
1: Yeah, I think the Okay, so that's... I think that I'm pretty sure the lamb... And the Tiger Brothers.
0: What I loved about the killers in this is before they take their masks off and you see their faces. These are those. So I don't know how many of you ever went to zoos as a kid. But when I was much younger, I used to go to the Bronx Zoo. And they used to have these big, weird, overdone animal masks made out of plastic that you could buy at the zoo. And these look exactly like those masks only on a white and gray scale it's actually kind of terrifying like doubled by the the fact that they're wearing all black i give this movie a lot of fucking kudos there was a jump scare i saw coming and i think i texted this to chris or or another horror friend of mine i was like i know the jump scare is coming i can feel it and it still made me jump I was like, kudos to this movie for doing that. It was just so creepy, so well done.
1: Wait, was it the the hand reaching out from the bottom of the bed? Or...
0: She... So, no, they went to check under the bed after the mom died. Because she died in the bedroom, but no one left because they had to break the door down. So one of them drops on the ground to see, and all of a sudden you just oh, see that's, an that's yeah, Kelly. You just see yeah, an Kelly, animal yeah, mask because yeah. you don't see anything else because they're wearing all black. I was like, "Oh fuck, yes! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you." <laughs> that
1: was really great, and I, I love. No, was that Kelly? I think that was Kelly? Yeah. Uh, the, the The thing that bothered me is like, well, I, I love that scene, but like Kelly reaches down to look under the bed. And she screams and then she bolts out of the house and no one's like, Huh, ah, maybe we should check upstairs. But then again, like we saw Kelly being super hysterical all throughout this movie. Then I that I could see why they didn't immediately um go upstairs. It's like, Oh, she's just being hysterical, cause, uh she doesn't have it, have it she doesn't have it as together as we do. But still it was But yeah, I don't know. Um I love the mask. I thought it was really creepy, but I thought, again, this is me being a little bit nitpicky. I thought it was was not practical. I mean, it's super dark at night. And the guy, one of the guys is, I I don't care how much of an expert you are with the crossbow. You can be like a Daryl Dixon. If you're like, I don't know, what, like 100 yards away, 200 yards away, and it's dark, and you're wearing a mask with like two slimy, two Tiny eye slit holes, I think it's gonna be pretty hard for you to aim. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the
0: thing is before they got in the house, I understand like they probably weren't necessarily wearing the mask for practical purposes, but I think the only reason why they missed half as much as they did is because Aaron took charge of the situation.
1: Oh, yeah, Aaron's a total badass.
0: She. She was their problem. She, they didn't know that she would be there and have that kind of knowledge. I definitely learned a lot. Um, I remember asking my fiance if we could booby trap the apartment because now I know how to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I really found the the contrast between Maddie and Aaron really interesting. Like. For Maddie, she she grew uh, as a tactician over the uh, because like she and and through her background as a writer and a, her background, her ability to throw herself into different situations and mindsets, um, and then for Aaron, it just happens to be a great stroke of convenience and luck, and that she happened to uh g- grow up on a survivalist compound as a kid, and especially uh, with her dad and she learned a whole bunch of combat survival skills and the fact that she kept it all of a secret from her boyfriend uh Crispin and the rest of the family so when she begins she, when shit hits the fan, you have like these great series of moments where like the assailants are like really surprised at her tenacity and even and even the, the family, like, when she goes to town, um, on the first assailant, like, he beat, he, he, or she beats him up and bubbles his head in with a meat hammer, like, the one of the, oh my god, that was amazing! Yeah, one of the guys is like, uh, you have it, I guess you had it handled, and and she's like, thanks for the help, guys. <laughs> it's like, um, and, and especially with Crispin, and, like, Crispin's like, um, yeah, uh, you, you, you seem to have this really in order and then she revealed to him like oh yeah I grew up on a compound or oh no she wasn't talking to Crispin she was talking to someone else.
0: She was talking to, well
1: she tells, she tells Z
0: who's the girlfriend of one of the brothers of yes. uh, Felix that she grew up on a survivalist compound and Z is also acting like weirdly like nonchalant at this point but I can't remember if it was at this point or right after it that we figure out that Z is sort of aware of what's happening, and knows full well that everything's gonna be fine.
1: Which was a pretty that was a pretty interesting reveal. Like the, we we first see this left turn when um they they do like the Scooby Doo let's split up um <laughs> and um uh, and then uh the dad the the dad well this is after his wife gets macheted uh after after the dinner party fiasco, they take up the mom to rest in the bed, and there's someone hiding underneath the bed and she gets killed by being hacked in machete oh right because one of her sons
0: got stabbed in the back
1: yeah oh uh, what's this uh felix gets- uh shot in the back with a crossbow bolt. no
0: it wasn't it wasn't felix it was Drake
1: oh yeah, Drake it yeah great Drake gets shot. Uh, in the back, and he passes out. Um, and then the mom is in shock, and um, then she gets killed. And then her blood is used to write, You're next. And then the dad's now in shock. And the dad goes uh, trolling around the house trying to find the killer because they, or Aaron seems to think that there's still at least one assailant still in the house. And then we get this crazy twist where. Uh, the guy in the fox mask, uh, kills, uh, the dad right in front of...
0: Felix and Z, yeah.
1: Yeah, and Felix and Z. As Who in don't Felix... scream. Yeah, they're, like, they're, like, weirdly calm about it. And Felix's like, really? Did you have to do it in front of me? And you're like, Oh, shit! And then we find out that Felix and Z are on it the entire time.
0: Yeah, they're f- well, they're in on it to the respect that Z just, like, knew it was going down. But Felix, at, at this point, you're led to believe that Felix is the person who orchestrated all of this. So you're like, ah, and there is your motive. So here is one of our bigger differences between the two of them. The first movie in Hush, the uh, attacker, had no motive That was revealed to us. And in this one, the motive that's revealed is money. They're going after their parents' wealth.
1: Yeah, it's an inside job. And it's like, it's it's a family inheritance scheme.
0: Exactly. So it's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a family inheritance scheme. So we're like, oh, you want mommy and daddy's money. Check. Got it. But there's like this running gag where they're like, you're letting yourself getting beat by girls. And what the hell did you do to my house? How are you going to clean this up and explain what happened?
1: Also, you're leaving DNA evidence everywhere. So <laughs> Right.
0: And, he, and they seem to think that they were going to have no problem with it. They, again, didn't realize that they would be coming up against someone who was raising a survivalist compound. That being said, the trick that she showed Z was awesome and a great tool for anybody who ever gets into a home invasion scenario they found two by fours and they stuck nails (laughs) they hammered nails from the other side into the plywood and stuck one of them under a window which did come back and bit someone's ass and i was waiting for it it was uh, it was just like that fire alarm from hush that did make a comeback i was like someone's gonna step on it and it's going to be awesome and it was
1: I, we we may we may not be able to know like the extent of like what other tricks Aaron has up her sleeve but like the 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 nails in the two by four underneath the the window was great and then she sets up a trap where it's like she she takes like a brick and a a roll of twine and an axe and she sets it up uh behind the front door uh because at this point uh the fox mask assailant it's still true. It's like like, oh yeah, I'm gonna set this this trap, and it's like, Aaron, you're awesome. Tell me, like, show me more of your survival tricks. This is awesome.
0: And it didn't even it didn't even take her that long to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like she she's such a boss. Like she she she, she like she she figures out like these really cool traps and, and tricks, and like in, you know, and under a minute, and then she executes. Like yes, yes, Aaron, you're so cool.
0: So at this point in the movie, Erin has now overheard conversations between Felix and the people who are in the house and knows full well that it was uh, that it's a money scheme and that she now has to survive. She basically has to kill everybody. Um, what I forgot to touch on before was that they were using cell phone jammers so that no one could call anyone out, like call for help. Erin said, well, that doesn't matter. You can still send a text to the police. So she did. And she put the phone away and we hadn't really heard about it again. Well, her text message went through and that's when they figure out where she is in the house. And thus more fighting begins. And then coming up on my other two favorite kills of this movie with Felix and Z in the kitchen.
1: Oh, my God. that That was so good.
0: It was a fucking work of bloody art, and I mean that not in like the British curse sense. I mean, like it. There was blood everywhere. It was perfect. Uh, Felix dies because he gets a blender blade to the head, but not just like the blade like stabbed through the head. She takes the blender, cracks it over his head, gets the blade right into his skull, and turns it on.
1: Yes, and then she like she she like pushes she the blender pushes down. She pushes it down. Yes. Oh, yes. It's so good. And then
0: she kills Z by just straight up stabbing her right in the middle of the brain.
1: Yeah, and then the scene before that, um, well, we mentioned that she tries to kill Fox Mask by setting up the trap at the front door. But Fox Mask enters the house through an open, broken window. So she sets up this really ingenious planned in the basement where she, she runs into the basement and she oh, takes out that her camera was so smart yeah she takes out her camera and she puts it into like continuous flash mode and um so uh the light of course attracts the the man and she's hiding in the corner and she ble- she beats into a pulp with a, a a fireplace log and it's like oh so good
0: yeah she knocked out all the lights and just waited it was the best.
1: Yeah, it was like this really fascinating shot where you can always you see the shots in strobes cause like you see it in like in pieces, cause like uh she's in complete darkness. So you you can see her movements in like a really uh protracted strobey movement. It's so, all like at one mo- one moment she's here, the moment she's like raising the log, and the next flash she's bashing against the guy's head. It's like, oh it was such a good setup.
0: You know, really, they they did the, the cinematography of this movie was was beautiful. It was stunning. It was so well done.
1: And then uh, after Felix, we get to the, the the final twist. Yes, this. Yeah, I was not expecting this. I was like, I was really, I was legitimately surprised, and I was like, oh god, Crispin, you.
0: I w- I was a little surprised too. So. She makes a... F- so, I think it's Felix. Yeah, phone... Yeah, it, it starts ringing. It's yep. a phone call. It starts ringing, so she answers it, and it's Crispin, who have, we have thought... Who ran out, and we have thought, since we have seen all the attackers, that he's probably dead by now, which I would have been fine with. I would have expected to see, like, his body at some point, but I was like, oh, well, there's more movies, so we'll, we'll see that eventually. But you find out that Crispin's actually in on it, and he was gonna get the money.
1: He's the mastermind
0: he was the mastermind because he doesn't like violence, and he's like nearly gagging when he sees everything, and he was like, "No, I told them not to hurt you. You were supposed to be the witness
1: yes you were you were you were the alibi <laughs>
0: right. He was like i I orchestrated this carefully, but clearly we did not anticipate whatever you know. You are, oh,
1: and like I did this. I had, like, "Oh my god, I I hate him so much." Like you scumbag, where he's like, he's trying to appeal and like rationalize and for his his actions. Like, like you knew how poor we are, and like now with this inheritance, we'll be rich. We could go anywhere. We could we could go to Paris. We could get engaged. We could get rid of your student loans. You you hate your bartender job. You don't have to work there anymore. It's like, oh no, no. And like and this entire time like A- like Erin, like her actress, just she's like she like you see like this look of like shock and disgust on her face. She's just stream tears streaming down her eyes. She's just like, fuck this. And she, like then she like stabs him in the neck. It's like, oh so good. It was
0: awesome. <laughs> so at that point after she kills him because he's attempting to like bribe her. So she, he dies very quickly. She stabs him once in the neck and once in the eye, out on good night. And then she gets shot because the cops show up because her text went through. So what this looks like is that she has now obliterated this entire household, which she did to a degree. She didn't kill. She didn't kill Drake. She didn't kill one of the sisters. She didn't kill mom and dad. So that's five people she has. And she didn't kill the two people down the road. So that's seven Seven out of the 15 people she didn't kill. It's yeah.
1: Yeah. a but pretty still, good number.
0: But, but still, still, she, she is surrounded by corpses.
1: And I love the cop's reaction. Like, like as soon as the she stabbed Crispin, uh, she gets shot in the shoulder. And the cop's like what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> and
0: she doesn't even have like a chance to explain. And here's where her greatest trap that hadn't been set off yet. And as everything was happening, I was like, I was starting to realize what was about. It's like, I was like, like, oh no, 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 no,
1: no, no. no. Go the away. Cop. Cop.
0: A cop. Cop. Goes through the front door, which we had not been anticipating anybody to do during this entire movie, and gets it right in the fucking face.
1: Yeah, and then, uh, and, then like, and then your next like pops up on the screen. It's like oh, and yes. then and during the credit scene, um, the first, uh, Aaron who gets top billing, um, there's like a funny shot where it's sort of like a mug shot, and there's like a news- newspaper clipping. It's like Aaron, like, uh, was she in and out of the whole time? Yes, and it's, like, it's like oh, it's so good. Um, so This brings me to Um Like, I really enjoyed the movie, and This is my second Adam Wingard movie Uh, the first one, unfortunately, was Death Note <laughs> and like But it was, it was interesting Cause, like, uh, even Even with Ryan's text We were mentioning this, like Adam Wingard directed this, and then he re- Directed Death Note? And How? Um, and i i noticed some pretty interesting hallmarks uh between the two films like one adam wingard you know he's very talented with with practical visceral kills and effects and blood um and two he has like a fascination with like 80s music and and like synth wave, so that that pops up in the soundtrack and you have like this dark comedic tone which I I think for this film it works so well and it, it gave it gives it such a quirky character. And then for Death Note it just didn't work at all because like the tone does not match the source material in that way. But um, yeah. I mean, uh, at this point or to this point, I've never seen a Wingard film other than Death Note. And like Wingard, I'm actually a fan of you now. Please undo Death Note. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> or I'm gonna I'm really.
0: So, Adam Wingard actually has done uh, three sets of anthology movies, two of which I've seen, one of which I haven't. He has done segments for VHS, the ABCs of Death, and VHS 2.
1: I love ABCs of Death.
0: He did a segment in that, and he was responsible for Q is for Quack. Is that that ringing a bell? And then in VHS, he did segment tape 56. So I know eventually we're going to get to anthology films, whether it's VHS or it's ABCs of death. Maybe we'll do a special on that. Maybe we'll do like Adam Wingard episodes and we'll watch all three of them so that we can get his segments down. Haven't decided yet. But we will definitely be exploring VHS and ABCs of death because both of them have sequels. So there's VHS, VHS two. There's the ABCs of Death and the ABCs of Death two. So we'll definitely be be getting to those at some point. But this was my first. This was my first time seeing Your Next, and having seen like Chris having seen Death Note, I I thought that the way Death Note was going to go was that it was going to be gritty and more horrifying than it was. It was just terrible to watch, not saying anything against Adam Wingar, he obviously is extraordinarily capable. I just think that there was a lot of source material to work with, and it just doesn't you know works as like a mini series maybe not like a two hour movie I don't know yeah yeah uh i th- I'm about ninety nine point nine percent certain that I liked your next a lot better than hush
1: oh oh no i ah uh... This is so hard for me, but the this blood factor
0: so... has a lot to do
1: with that. Okay, I, I, I to, don't get me. Out, I, uh, the, with my, my stand apart because I love, I love the gore and I love, I just loved Aaron as a character so much. But I loved, I love Hush because it, it, presented to be something that I've never seen before, and I was, and it, 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 it subverted a lot of tropes, it broke a lot of stereotypes, and, um. I I love the narrative growth and the narrative arc that Maddie had. So and I, like I for those reasons I like Hush more, but I do I really, really enjoyed your next as well. Like it's like if this was a race, it's like a photo finish. It's really hard for me to decide between the it two. It's like oh
0: So there's a difference of opinion this yeah. week. But I Chris I'm a fan likes, of both. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no. Listen, every but, See see, when, when we first started this, I was very honest about the fact that I like good bloody movies and your next is a really great bloody movie and hush was good on a psychological level so they're both phenomenal for what they do for the genre but for very different reasons so in terms of like your quintessential like blood gore filled Um, home invasion movie your next is at the very top of that list it is the mold that everyone should just uh, follow but in terms of uh just a home invasion movie that's done differently that necessarily doesn't have to have all of that blood and gore a hush takes the cake on that it was just a very amazingly different approach to a home invasion movie and i think that it was extraordinarily well done Again, personal preference, though. I loved Your Next more than Hush, and Chris liked Hush more than Your Next, and that's totally cool.
1: Yeah, but yeah, tell us, tell us your opinions, which ones that you liked. You know, you can, you can tweet at us, message us, email, email us. Uh, Ryan, which one, or what, what was your favorite kill, and which of the final girls was your favorite?
0: Erin was definitely my favorite final girl. Um... Mostly be, so her and Maddie were both uh, extraordinarily tactical uh, for different for different reasons. Maddie was sort of, uh, was forced to be tactical for a multitude of different reasons, whether it was her disability and her scenario and her upbringing that made her be as resourceful and tactful as she is. And the same thing goes for Erin. I just think that Erin was more prepared in a sense so where maddie had to sit there and think of all the different endings aaron was like no there is only one outcome for this i don't have time to sit and think of all of this i'm just going to do and i think that's where i sort of drew the line in terms of final girls aaron acted before she did anything else maddie had to think it out which is why i think from a psychological perspective that's why hush fits that end of the horror spectrum.
1: Uh like I said before I I I I love Maddie for XYZ reasons like you know her growth her ability to overcome obstacles but just from a pure entertainment factor I love Aaron like I I think my final girl vote goes to Erin because she's she's so badass and she she like she doesn't take any names and she's really ca- smart, capable, resourceful. Not to say like not not to say Maddie isn't, but like Erin just seems to exude that quality more from the get-go and like and, and it just builds and then i just love like part of her comedic arc is just like she just gets increasingly fed up he's like screw this i'm gonna kill everyone it's like oh it's so good i love it i love her that's exactly why i adore her in this movie yep and uh your favorite final or your favorite kill mm. favorite kill i mean i i th- I mean, hush is at such a disadvantage because it's like a cat and mouse one-on-one type of movie, and there's so many, there's so many candidates from your next. So
0: there are fifteen people you can pick from this movie. Yeah. Um, I think. Okay, I have to give it a tie. Between Amy, the sister that runs into the piano wire, and Felix who gets blendered,
1: yes. I th- again, same. Same with me. Same with Solid me. Solid tie, because those are just too <laughs> good. So, I, I, I mean, like the like piano wire is just like, um, it's been used in other movies before, but I don't think it's been used like to. I think this was like a really, really fresh take on how it was used and the shock factor of like how it went down and and then just with the blender, it's just like. Who does that? That's so awesome. <laughs> it was very, it was very well done. It was very well done. Um, cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love both these movies. Like Ryan, props to you for such excellent movie choices. Um, although I do have a question: Does this stand up to, against the the most notorious and most famous home invasion movie of all time? I'm talking about Home Alone. Oh, sweet <laughs> baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this, I'm sorry. Home Alone is scary for like totally
1: different reasons, but... Home Alone, Home Alone is scary because like McCullough Culkin killed those guys multiple times over. Let's be honest. Those people should be
0: dead for all intents and purposes. Like they should be dead. Uh, that being said, Home Alone should not be in this category because it's not a horror movie.
1: No, it's a home invasion movie. It's a family movie. It's a Christmas movie. It, it checks all the boxes. <laughs> it
0: doesn't check all the boxes. Nobody dies. People should die, but they don't. It doesn't make any
1: sense. They don't die on screen. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm sure Marv died from brain damage later on for having too they many They came irons. back for the sequel. Yeah, but we never seen them after the sequels. You know why? Because they're dead. They're there's all a third dead. Home Alone movie. Well, there's there's Home Alone one and two, and then three is a completely different set of actors, and it's about weird terrorists trying to raid a kid's home because he has an NSA computer chip in his RC car. So, <laughs> okay. So
0: here's what I'm gonna say. I think someone should remake Home Alone as like a proper. Horror movie where the kid suffers true psychological damage after that because he is a child, and that's where my twisted brain goes.
1: Yes, I mean <laughs> I, I've seen I've seen movies or I think uh, YouTube videos where, um, you know they they recut a trailer to make it a different genre of movie. I'm sure like there's a few of them where they recut Home Alone as like a horror real type of Bloomhouse home invasion type of movie. But I I I agree. I want to see like. I totally irreverent, uh, Macaulay Culkin, a uh, Home whole movie that's messed up and with like saw level types of traps, like so, like Macaulay Culkin sets up also sets up piano wire and yes, I want that. That's bad. Uh, yes. Anyway, anyway,
0: so so Chris Chris needs to go talk to somebody. No. that's
1: all right. No, the audience no, agrees with me. Please. So
0: we're going to do something a little different for our spoopy segment. We're just going to talk uh, about phobias, just as like a, a thing.
1: And hopefully phobias are somewhat relevant to the topic or the movies we discuss. Exactly. So this week we have
0: Nyctophobia and Clith or which one do you want, Chris? Uh, give. And then I'll tell you what they mean. <laughs> yeah, give me the latter one. Okay, so clithrophobia or cleethrophobia is the fear of being enclosed. And nyctophobia is a phobia that uh, is categorized as a severe fear of the dark. Uh, it's basically triggered by the brain's perception of what would or could happen in a dark environment so it's sort of like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you think someone's standing in your room and there's no one really there it's that it's that it's your brain's response to trying to fill in what it can't see which I definitely suffered from as a child. Maybe not as a phobia, but I definitely saw shit in my room as a kid that I know wasn't actually there.
1: So... <laughs> and then uh, we, we, uh, we did a fact-check um, on the difference between, like, claustrophobia and claustrophobia. Um, and uh, So, again, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, but claustrophobia, the main difference is that it's the fear of having no escape. And still being enclosed in a... I'm sorry, what? Claustrophobia is the, is the fear of having no escape. And being enclosed in a small space? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, claustrophobia is the fear of being trapped.
1: Oh, yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Clethrophobia is the fear of being trapped in a space. And claustrophobia is just the fear of being in a small space. So one is small spaces and one is the idea of being trapped there. So you can imagine a home invasion situation with someone with claustrophobia might not end well, which was the little bit of a stretch we took when we picked these phobias this week.
1: So, and the main question is, what is more spoopy? I don't know, like, I feel like with claustrophobia, I think that's just way more terrifying. Because, um, like, I, I, I know, like, with, um, I feel like, if you have, like, a fear of, like, of the dark, um, I think there's more manageable coping mechanisms. And there's also, like, you can also rely on your other senses to get a whereabouts of, or get your whereabouts and your bearings and um, to calm you down. But, like, just being trapped is it's just, like, I think that's, like, a primordial deeper fear that like just envelops you, and then I think that being trapped just sets your imagination on wild in a uh, like, I said on a more existential level, and like, uh and like, just especially when, especially, I mean, just going back to home invasion movies, like the fear of being trapped in your own home where it's supposed to be a safe, where you're supposed to feel safe and secure, and now like your your very own home like its doors and its corners and its windows and like shadows and like you know now now everything's like a potential predator or a means to your demise and i think that's that's pretty screwed up but uh what are your thoughts
0: no i i i completely agree with you um when you have a fear of the dark like that it might not be as simple as just turning on a light and seeing everything while it's all lit up. But sometimes it can be. And I think that that's a little bit easier to bring yourself down from and calm down from. Or so something like being trapped in your own house. I can't imagine what that's what that's actually like. Um, so I'm going to agree with, with Chris on this one this week. I definitely think that the fear of being trapped is... Twice as terrifying as being afraid of the dark. Because, yeah, I know everyone's brain can run wild and it has very vivid imagination, but there's something to be said about at least, at least with that, you have the freedom to walk out a door and turn on a light. With the other one, you absolutely do not. So, I think that that one definitely is our phobia of the week for this. I think clethorophobia is. Completely terrifying.
1: Um, yeah. And uh, off the top of your head, like, what's the most terrifying? I guess on screen portrayal or like setup for claustrophobia. Like, for example, you know we have an entire genre of home invasion movies. Uh, we have one in particular starring Ryan Reynolds called Buried, where you're bar- you're buried alive in a coffin. Yeah, and Kill Bill uh, did that as well, uh, where Uma Thurman's buried alive in the coffin. She has to punch uh, one-inch punch her way out. Um, um, the other one that's popping to my head is um, Colin Farrell uh, starring in Phone Booth, where he's stuck in the phone booth and there's a sniper trained on him. Um, but yeah, is there any ones that... I think Hush
0: really sort of exemplifies that a little bit for this week. Um because if you think about it, she couldn't leave her house. She was trapped in her own house by a psycho who was, yeah, he was stalking her. But that, for me, was sort of how I picked the, phobia, the phobias this week. She was trapped in her house by someone who was trying to kill her.
1: That is a horror. But it, I, I find it interesting that there's also other movies where, like, you're trapped in a space that's even smaller than a house. Like a coffin or a phone booth or, uh, like, or like, panic room. But yeah, Hush is a great, great example. Um, I was just wondering, if there's any other ones that 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 popped out to you? I think I,
0: th- th- I there are other ones that pop out for me, but I think Hush just sort of took it to a different level and and made it better. Um, they didn't just throw you one thing; they threw you three. Not only is she isolated out in the middle of nowhere, check one. She's trapped in her house and can't go anywhere because there's a psycho stalking her house. Check two. Oh yeah,
1: who who took out the power and slashed her cards, yep. tires? And- yeah.
0: Um, at check three, she's deaf, so that adds a whole new shell and layer of tension on that, and four she's a writer, so for that one instance, she became an unreliable narrator, which added something else to the movie. I just think that hush in respect to that, just really, really nailed it so
1: yes, so t l. d. r watch watch hush, and watch your next?
0: Watch- If you haven't seen- I, Your Next has, like, this huge cult following, so I can't imagine you haven't seen it already. I'm sure you're all probably shaming me for not having seen it, but definitely go watch Hush.
1: We might have newcomers. I mean, I didn't watch Your Next until over oh, for the first- uh, I mean, last last night was, like, the first time I watched it and finished it, and, um, so, yeah. I mean, I think this, this is a great platform to introducing new horror movies to people, too, as well, so- but we we like, yes, this these were really excellent, excellent choices for discussing the home invasion genre as a whole. And uh, I'd like to thank Ryan for picking out these awesome movies.
0: You're welcome. Again, this mostly came from selfish reasons because I really wanted to watch your next and have a good excuse to talk about
1: it. Well, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy you indulge your, <laughs> your, your selfishness. Yeah, self, self-indulgence works. Yes. <laughs> so
0: if you want to get ahead on our next episode, which is going to be out on July 6th, it's a nice little July 4th-themed movie. That Chris picked. I'm blowing uh, this on you. <laughs> I have never seen this, and I, I haven't either. But it
1: sounds so ridiculous.
0: It sounds so ridiculous. It sounds like something that we kind of need to laugh about. Uh, and it's called Uncle Sam. So we're going to be watching that. So yes, after you're done, ta- like chatting up with us about your next and hush Go watch Uncle Sam and and we'll we'll get in with that at some point. I I'm I I don't know how I feel about going into
1: this. It looks ridiculous. But but Ryan, what's more American than watching a horror movie on Hodge 4th of July? About Uncle Sam? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's gonna be terrible. I'm so excited. I'm very
0: excited. So that's going to be our next episode. So, yes. So, as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, We're sort of everywhere. And hopefully, hopefully at some point we'll have other special things in the works for you guys.
1: Yes, they're in the pylon.
0: That statement might be, yes, that statement might be irrelevant by the time this episode goes up. If it is, then you already know mm-hmm. what it is, and
1: that's okay. But yeah, you can. Yeah, you can find this show on SoundCloud at uh, soundcloud.com/slash/left4deadpod, and you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, um, any other, uh, and any other podcast player of choice. Um, so if you don't use iTunes, maybe use Overcast or ACast. You know, uh, uh, you can uh, plug in our RSS feed, and we'll post that in the notes. And then you can subscribe to us Yeah, please subscribe to us uh, So you stay up to date on all the episodes And um, Especially if you listeners on iTunes Especially, it's really important To leave us a review And uh, uh, Five stars if you really enjoyed it And leave us some constructive criticism Um, So we're still Tooling around with things like The phobia of the week What's more spoopy segment uh, we're changing that around, um, cause the first couple episodes are hashtag too real too often. So, um, but we, we love the show and we want to make it better for you all. So, and we want to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, uh, comments, uh, fan mail, fan art, wh- whatever, anything, um, uh, just, uh, tweet at us, email us, message us. Uh, yeah, there, there's plenty of ways to find us.
0: All right. And until next episode, stay dreadful. Stay
1: dreadful. And lock your doors. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.